Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, Adam and John back here with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. And today we are going to go over our elk hunt from this year in Idaho. And I think it was, with the exception of killing an animal, kind of everything that we had hoped for and I think kind of expected all rolled into one. We said that we wanted to hear an elk, see an elk, and get an opportunity and have you seen any of the little video clip that we posted on Instagram and on Facebook? We certainly did that. And it, that was not even near the highlight of the trip. That was just the first encounter that we had. I'd like to say that it was one of many, uh, but our encounters were kind of few and far between. But when we had them, they were definitely exciting. So um, I don't know, John, what's your take on that? That was definitely uh, exciting. I mean, that the first encounter, it took us, what, four days? Four days of not seeing any elk, hearing any elk, seeing a lot of sign. But then all of a sudden, out of the blue, we're just walking along, and all of a sudden, that that bull bugles. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we'll get into that here in, in just a minute. I guess we'll kind of take you, like, chronologically through the whole, the whole thing. So, we didn't take off here out of, out of Michigan until... 6.30 p.m. on a 30-plus hour drive, and that was mostly John. I was up at 5.45 in the morning, and, you know, it worked all day. John was, like, ready to go. But then we had to do this, we had to do that, a little bit of farting around. All of a sudden, it's 6.30, and now we're finally on the road. Yeah, so it was a it was a fun drive. We had a little, little bit of weather, what, like? Just past Chicago. Yeah. But, I mean, altogether, it wasn't bad till the last, what, five hours? Yeah, well, so, <laughs> <laughs> when we got, like, basically, when from the time, I guess my only other experience in Idaho was very similar, is I got into the mountains, and it was just like, you were cut off from the world, and it was dark black, not a street light, not a anything. And this time was almost the same. It was like you'd left this little town 
and it just dropped off and it was four or five hours of absolutely nothing except for the same curve over and over and over and over. I felt like I was in the movie uh, Groundhog Day where I was like, man, I've done this turn. I've done it. How many times, how many times am I going to do the same turn? But it was, and I mean, being at the end of the 30 hours of driving, it was, that was pretty rough when we had to stop. I had to stop a couple times and get out and just walk around and try to get some fresh air. Was the, my eyes were doing some crazy shit. But, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was, it was crazy. But then, you know, when we left on that following or that Sunday, when we left it, we left one o'clock in the afternoon. Then we actually got to see the beauty of it. I mean, that was just gorgeous all along that river and, you know, big steep cliffs and gorgeous, Ste- but. Still the same turn. Yeah, still the same turns and kind of put it in perspective, though, like, man, if we would have accidentally went off that shoulder right there, there was nothing but just a probably 75, 80 foot cliff going down to the river in some spots. So it wouldn't have been a very good start. Yeah, so we left we left Michigan here um, 630 and we got to our destination. It's around 10... 30, 11 o'clock? Yeah, 11, 11 o'clock. Idaho, Idaho time. Idaho time so, on Saturday. Yeah, so that was, that's a three-hour time to, time difference, so. So we made good time. Yeah, and we even <laughs> stopped in Bozeman there and talked to my buddy Eddie. Yeah. We were there for about an hour, give or take. So we got all of our, we didn't even do anything. We just got out of the truck, hung out for a minute, and went to bed. Got up, had breakfast, organized our gear, and set out at about noon. Yeah. I think it was around 11. And so we went, and we got to where we had envisioned where we were going to park the truck, and we started walking up. And uh, quickly, I, I quickly realized, and I, I mean, I knew that my pack was heavy with food and everything like that, but it was kind of like too heavy for, for what we were kind of, kind of planning in. And also, I mean, I guess, so we got to where we were, went up there, even on the trail that we were walking up, there's elk tracks. Yeah. And so we, I don't remember, I guess we just kind of walked and found a nice spot to set up camp. And it was, it wasn't a nice spot. It was just the, the most accommodating spot that wasn't right in the middle of all the elk sign. Right. We tried to get back off the the main trail of the, I mean, Literally, there was a ton of, I mean, it looked like a cattle path where, you know, we, we crossed through and, you know, so we tried getting off the edge of that. We didn't want to be too close to it, whatever, but we ended up setting up on the edge of this hill, which sucked. I mean, yeah, that was a I, bad I, I, <laughs> I mean, we, we did, you know, what we were supposed to do and we got over the edge of the hill from where we thought that the elk were and, and, right. and all this stuff, but it was not an ideal no, Can't say that, and it was a pretty much a clearing, so we're out in the open. So I froze my balls off that night. I mean, I ended up with all my gear on. I had my long underwear, my pants, which probably actually made it worse. But and then I just kept. I at least put my I put my head up the hill. So when I was sliding, I was just sliding to the bottom of my tent. My feet were hitting the bottom of my tent. Now you, I was parallel <laughs> with the hill, so I was just sliding to the. 
the side of my tent. And all this lightweight gear is made out of all the like slipperiest stuff made of that man makes. So you get in there and slid. <laughs> that was it. So definitely learning experience there. But I mean, we we walked. You know, I, I think that first day we walked like six miles. Yeah. And uh, it now what we're what we realize now is we were looking at a lot of really good sign, but it wasn't like the sign that we should have been looking for. We were just seeing tons and tons of tracks. We didn't see any rubs. We didn't see any wallows. We didn't hear anything that the first day, but everything looked really good. And the area was, and another thing that, you know, maybe we'll touch on a bit later, but personally, I feel like the way that we, what we focused on as far as like what we were going to do, how we were going to hunt and the terrain features that we were looking for. We basically only looked for and hunted bedding. Like we didn't go really down. We didn't go down into water. We didn't go into any of any of the low spots. We basically stayed up high and, and searched out all of the kind of like the high north facing slope bedding type area would, would you agree right yeah i mean but it was also it was hot the whole time we were there it was hot i mean it had to be 80 every day it seemed like i mean i don't know you had your your watch it's got the temperature but i don't I mean it might be a little off yeah but, yeah we'll get into that in another but, podcast <laughs> but but yeah so we were looking for you know the north facing slope the bedding areas saddles you know <clears throat> We did see some some trees rubbed up, but I think this ended up they might have been whitetail. I mean, there must have been some pretty big whitetail because when we went back to that spot on the the last Friday, um, I did find some really good rubs. But I think they were hitting they were, they were either in there, you know, before we were there, or they were there like after dark. Because the moon, the moon phase was coming off full moon, and it was still really bright. Like the first three days, first three days we were there, yeah. And so they might have been out there. Well, for sure they were out there after dark because after that first night, <clears throat> we got up. We had fresh elk tracks over our tracks on that trail the next morning. So they'd come through either after we went, you know, went to the camp, or right before we got up, and they they moved through there. So. You know, it's hard telling. And just, you know, if if you're just picking up on this or, you know, if you haven't been following along, our initial plan was to hunt this area, and it was about four miles square, you know. And it was to take basically three days there and then kind of hunt our way back to the truck if we didn't hear anything. And so the next morning we got up and... We just packed up camp, packed up our camp and our heavy, heavy freaking camp. <laughs> and we ended up kind of heading off um, kind of to some of the better looking area on the map. And from what we had seen the day before, kind of like where the where some of the the sign looked like it was going. And we did find that wallow that first night on the way back because we went up to that. We went up through that clearing, and we cut back down to the 
through the edge of that burn. Yeah. Took that old logging road, and there was a old, there was a little wallow right on the edge of the logging road. And this was well after dark, and it was it was a at the time we were like, oh yeah, that's a pretty nice wallow. But yeah, in, in hindsight, you know, seeing what we would end up finding, it was like a one and done kind of use. Right. Wallow, it was like, maybe. oh, it's a wet spot. We'll just roll around in it for a minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then we, when we got up that next day, we went just to the most god awful place that I've ever, I would even imagine going. And, Looking at it the way, I guess the way that when we ended up finding the elk, when we see when we saw them later on the different piece of property, or I guess the different access point, they they were probably through all that stuff. But we ended up going through this deadfall, and it's really hard to explain. I mean, I guess people, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, we've been following a lot of people, especially Midwesterners, and you know the the people. Uh, media personalities and, and things like that, they don't seem to make a big deal of it because I think if you've been elk hunting or if you've been out there, I think the deadfalls is part of the thing. But it's nothing like I would have ever imagined ever. And we went just, we, we, we had traversed a bunch of deadfall throughout the, the first day. The second day, it was very disheartening. <laughs> we just kept pushing further and further and further where there was nowhere to go that you didn't have to go over or under or around or balance and jump and cross over to something else. It was the nastiest shit that I could ever imagine trying to go through, especially with a heavy pack and their bows. And and then, you know, we've seen a bunch of whitetail sign through there because they're small enough to, you know, traverse that. The elk sign was on the outsides of it. Well, I think that that's what was that's what was disheartening is that we just kept you know we look at our onyx and we knew like kind of the lay of the land from just studying the maps before before Fort and, and, and being able to look at it and and I'll tell you it, there was no elk sign, not a track, not anything. But there's no way you know when you when you think about like there's no creature. That would go this path, take take this route that right. we're going, and so it was just like we were just kind of trying to go as the crow flies to get to, you know, this edge or that edge. And finally, I was like, and it was hours into this trek, and I'm like, John, we just got to we got to do something different. We this is get not the hell out of here. This is not uh, what you know. There's no elk sign. There's no elk that are going to move through here. They couldn't move through here if they tried. But if we would have got through that, now looking back on it, if we could have got through that or if we would have went around, we ended up where we ended up hunting the next, what, five days was on the back side of that just from a different access point. So if we would have found an easier route around it or definitely we weren't going to find one through it, we would have found what we were looking for, well, I, think, I believe. I think, yeah, but I think. Like in hindsight, kind of the how everything all played out in the end. If we would have just gotten on that big old cow path elk trail and just followed it, it would have taken us an easier way around. Right. 
But yeah, because we found that on the way once we got out of that yeah. shit. We were coming, we were like, screw this, let's just go back to the truck and regroup, maybe go back down. We were going to try a different access point, like, what, six miles down the road, mm-hmm. and then uh, try to work our way back up that. But then we ultimately ended up... Uh, well, just real quick, so where we were at there, we were working our way, so we'd started off, well, we were headed... We are headed east. Yeah, we were headed east. The first day. Right. And then we work, We were working our way back west, going right. to end up back at the truck on the following day. Well, it was, by the time it got late in the day, we were in the middle of nowhere with, right. with like no options, no. Right. There was nowhere to camp, no nothing. It was just like, yeah, no was, way it was going to It was happen. a bad decision. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. as a, as a first, as our being first time out there and, you know, getting to boots on the ground we quickly realized you know for one like our onyx well mine like when i downloaded the the imagery it wouldn't zoom up i couldn't zoom in to to actually see how bad the deadfalls you know like when you got to the zoomed in all the way it was blurry i don't know if it was just i didn't download it yeah you didn't get the high resolution when you get them either the right, medium or the low Right, but I thought I, you know, that that map I'd done the high resolution. I thought I did, but maybe it just didn't download correctly or something. But definitely was way more than what we could handle. And so then we worked our way back out, and then we were trying to regroup back at the truck, and we were going to go down to that spot, the six well, mile. The way that we got back to the truck is we went up and found this edge of this burn that was on the the edge of where we were at in this this all this deadfall and it was pretty steep even going down but we ended up getting back to this other path right that we it was was a horse trail yeah a horse trail that went way back into a whole nother section and uh we got down to that and we were like well we can go way back in here but the that horse path was kind of just like it kind of like it wasn't like it didn't like peter out. It was just like not very distinct. Yeah. And it just kind of followed this creek. And so we were like, well, we know that the truck is like two miles that way. So if we get back there, we can hop in there, just run up the road, walk up in there and right. check it out. Have some bugles and see what happened. But then I want, I mean, it was still early enough where we could go. I wanted to go back and check out this spot that I had looked at, which is on the Basically, it was like the back side of what we were hunting. It was the north side of it. The The deciding factor in that was going to be how much of this was actually a road. Right. Because from the main road to the gate where we ended up parking was like seven or eight miles. Because there was mile markers. Right. It was six. It was six, six back to where we parked. And then we ended but, up. Well, well, but that was the thing. We didn't know right. we if there was going to be a gate at the first mile. Right. Or. Or the it, sixth mile. Yeah. Yeah. So we, so that's like, well, let's just go back there and see how far back we can get. Just check that out. And then, you know, because it was getting to the point where it was getting late. So it was. And then we wanted to see that was where there was a big, there was a big valley and meadow. We wanted to see if any elk were coming out in that. So. And it was a spot that we had marked out. 
right. beforehand. And at the end of that section was a spot that I had marked off that you could you could reach from that other horse trail, but it was like seven or eight miles back, or kind of what it looked like, because all these trails kind of like weave in together, and, and so it was like, it, it would be a, an adventure to get back there, right. or or so I thought, to this, this one spot this one spot which to get to that spot from that horse trail you'd had to go over to the west cut back to the south and then back to the east because it wasn't there was no direct route to get there except for the way that we ended up going in that you could just walk right to it almost it, but it fell way down in there and we never ended up going all the way down in there because it was pretty nasty but right so we ended up so then that second night we ended up, actually, I slept in the truck and then you set your tent up, but we just stayed at the gate there. And then we got up the next morning and hiked in. And I think we went light. I mean, well, we were going to go in and then someone made a revelation. Oh, yeah. Well, originally when we got to to the cabin or where we were staying, the first day when we were packing all of our stuff up on that first day i'm like you're like well you said you had packed four days i was like oh, all right so i threw four days worth of food in my pack well then i left the rest of my food in my cooler at the cabin so my other four days were there so like well we're not we, camping here we're, tonight we're not gonna camp here tonight so so anyway so we we walked in that day and that was another, well, we ended up doing like 11 miles of the second day with our packs heavy and through the matchstick freaking maze and mess. And then stayed the night in the truck. I did. Then, so the third day we walked in and that was, was it seven miles? 6.8 miles yes. to the end of their road. Right. So it's an old logging road and at least. Someone had went up there before us, and they had caught, like, all the deadfalls for the most part. For the first, like, four, four miles. Yeah, four miles. The rest of it was, you know, a lot of hopping and skipping, going around stuff. But we seen there was a few elk tracks, you know, like old tracks on our way up. But then as we got up towards the end, up at the higher, higher elevation, we started seeing some pretty good sign. Found some really good rubs. Yeah, and so the elevation out there where we were at wasn't very high at all. So the I don't I don't even know what the elevations were the first couple of days. It was wasn't very high. It was like no, like 50, 54, 55, something like that. I think. Yeah. And then so where we had parked the truck was like fifty one, and at the end of the road where we started to see the sign was right up around six thousand sixty one hundred. Yeah, I think it said sixty two on that one. Where that one elevation change, and then the peaks up where we ended we're up. We're sixty five. Yeah, sixty five where we walked up. You know, the last two days. But so yeah, so we ended up getting back in there. Found some good sign up at the end. Uh, we bugled. We didn't hear anything. Well, the when we when he says good sign, so like at the other place we had found tons and tons of tracks. I mean, ten times the tracks that we saw on this piece of property. But when we got to the end, it was just rubbed up. I mean, there was 
little pine trees ripped out of the ground, just laying there. And they were still green. They were still green. And this was, you know, all rubbed up, sap coming out of them, shavings right down there. Um, And so we we sat up there and bugled and didn't hear anything. Cow called, didn't hear anything. And it was like, I don't know, it was. Well, we seen some wolf scat as we're walking up too. So then we're thinking, you know, all this stuff's going through our heads like our, you know, we've heard other people talk about, well, they don't. They don't really bugle much and, you know, we don't really call a whole lot. So we got all these different scenarios going through our head. What's our plan? What should we do? Are we, are we screwing up by calling too much? So then we ended up walking back out that night, got back to the truck, went back to the cabin. Like we'll go back there, eat dinner, get everything, you know, regroup and, So we end up getting back there and we ended up coming up with a plan where well, we was, talked to the guy that well, you know, whose cabin it was and he had actually missed a bull up at his camp yeah. and uh, he's, he's like, oh, they were, you know, bugling everywhere and, you know, so like, oh man. And he's like, oh, you guys found all that. You found rubs like that. You got to get out there. And it's like, well, that's planned, but somebody forgot their food. So, well, you know. so that was a good thing because then <laughs> we got of a deer cart and we threw the rest of our camp so i was like screw this i'm packing everything even the kitchen sink i threw everything on that sucker and so we ended up next morning got up but before that when we went back there that was we weren't planning on grabbing a cart so john and i discussed like you know we'll just do one stove (laughs) we'll just do this and that well that leads to me walking you know two two miles two and a half miles back to the truck the the next morning after we hunt because I didn't have my spoon or my cook kit or any of my stuff. So which was that was like <laughs> Yeah. We weren't gonna share a spoon. No well I, it was just in with my other stuff but I so Yeah. It's like uh oh, I'm gonna have to borrow your your jet boil. Alright, well how come you didn't bring yours like we have a freaking cart. You can throw that all that shit on it. Well, I packed, I had all my gear all set up, you know, just, I just took things out. I didn't add extra things because we had a cart, but. So anyway, so we ended up, we got a cart, next morning we got up and got up there and it was, you know, fairly early. We pulled our camp up. Well, that, that was one of the things was he had said where we had camped before was relatively cold. It was down by the river the river was was right nearby and um so in the truck going back driving there it said 28 yeah in the on the truck on the truck you know and that was down you know we were going down by the river but still that'll just give you an idea of like it was freaking cold for our little i mean i have ultralight 30 degree bag and you know it was cold. But, and also, John's never done anything like this before, so this is yeah, all I don't like, know. I've never, to the system. I've never, you know, yeah, I have tent camp, but I had a big tent camp, big tent and a, you know. Big fire. A, yeah, and a queen-size blow-up, you know, plush top, freaking air mattress and, you know, quilts and a wife to lay next to, so <laughs> I wasn't going to cuddle up to Adam. So, but anyway, so yeah, we we got up there. We dropped camp two miles in, 
and then we spent about 45 freaking minutes trying to get our food tied up in a tree, which I was getting a little irritated with. Plus, I rubbed a hole through my dry, my food bag. which <laughs> On the cart. It flopped over, and the wheel rubbed a hole through that. And then another time it flopped over, it, I flipped, we had our, see, we, we filled our water bags, our dirty water bags. We filled those up before we took off, and they were strapped to the, the cart, and they kept flopping over the back. When I flipped it over, I blew a hole through mine. So then we were down to one water bag. So I was a little bit irritated when we got up there. Plus, I was sweating my balls off because I was trying to keep up with Adam the mule. He, it was like a race or something. I was like, Jesus, dude, are you, you know, what what are you trying to do here? Are you trying to kill me? Well, we were on a real easy trail. There was no obstacles. And it was literally like. It was cold. I ended up freaking, I was wearing my t-shirt. <laughs> but I was sweating so bad and I was so cold that I ended up having to freaking tape up my nipples because they were practically <laughs> bleeding. So it's probably too much information for you guys, but it was bad. Ah. Uh, <laughs> but for me, I think it was just more like muscle memory and like, especially like moving back, like in the dark, like having a pack on my back, walking out, you know, in the dark was just like, this is the pace that you go at. Not yeah, me. Blatant disregard for John. I'm just like, dude, I'll just catch up to you later because I'm not keeping up with that pace. But so anyway, we get, we get our. We drop camp, get our food tied up in a tree finally, then we take off and, you know, we ended up, we were, well, the first day, the first, the, the first day we walked up that trail, you know, we're looking up this, the burn and it's like, holy shit, you know, it's steep as all get out and there's this nasty shit. And then you look down the other side and it goes down into this drainage and it's just like deadfalls and it looks like the freaking Amazon and like. Who the? I'm like, there's no way we could shoot an elk right here because we would never get it out of there. That was the first day. The second day, as we're walking up, we end up, we got up, we went over the fucking burn up to the top, and then it was the wrong spot because then we end up coming right back down. And then as we got back down the road, then we dropped down into the nasty shit all the way down to the bottom of this drainage, and we probably had to walk a mile of zigzag bullshit going back and forth just to go a half mile down. <laughs> but, and then climb up the other side. So we ended up doing everything that we never thought we would. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, I said it like multiple times, like on our drive back and like, you know, while, while we were doing it day five, six, you know, seven, whatever, it was like Adam and John day one, like, who would be crazy enough to go down there? Adam and John day five, six, like, well, we, we're going to have to go up to the top of there. We're going to have to go as high as we can get. And, uh, you know, way down there where it looks like uninhabitable and impassable. Yeah, we better check that spot out too. It was just, I, I think that that's one of the things that I think was very eye-opening for this whole thing, albeit, you know, maybe not the most ideal is if we had if we had someone that knew what they were doing 
or that had done it before, like could say like, okay, this is the plan. But I think honestly, kind of that's how you learn. And I think, you know, we, we certainly did our fair share of figuring it out, you know? Right. So that was, this is the fourth day. That's the fourth day. Yeah. We run two days there. Third. Yep. So it took us till it was three o'clock when we finally got up to the end. And that was, we weren't even to the end. We were right. We were into the goods. We were at the good area where it started. Mm-hmm. So the last, it was like the last mile of it. And we're walking along and all of a sudden a bugle cracks off right below us. Like, and we both look at each other like, what? The, holy shit. You know, like, did that really happen? And, and my, it literally like my first thought was like, is there like a hunter over there? It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh my God, there's an elk. It was like, it was like, really? Like, and then you, you look at me like, what do we do? <laughs> like, well, we have to get off this road. This at that point in the in the old logging road right there, it was completely clear. There was no, you know, jack pines, no shrub, nothing. It was just completely clear. Above us was uh, almost like a it was, was a, a clear cut burn, but it was like a sand dune. Like it was like there was yeah, no no there was nothing, no vegetation whatsoever. Yeah, because it had been clear cut and then it burned and it was like it scorched. So it must have got really hot. Maybe they'd cut all that shit after the burn or whatever it was, but it was barren. So we dropped down off the edge of this that old logging road, got on in there, and it was it was there was some gnarly stuff in there, some deadfalls because that it wasn't it nearly wasn't, as bad. bad no, as it wasn't other. as bad as the other spot. No, because the elk were walking through there. So we get down. I'm like, all right, get out in front of me. You know, we'll get set up. So we got down in there, what, maybe 75 yards or so? Yeah, probably not, not even, even that, 50 yards. I did a few. Once we got, you, you were out in front of me, probably 40 yards. And I did a couple uh, cow calls, and he bugled back. And when he bugled the second time. He must have been facing the other way. Yeah, it was like he was farther away, sounded like. Cause he was definitely facing the other way, but, it, uh, you know, it sounded... Like he was going the opposite direction. So as soon as he started bugling, as soon as he bugled, I bugled over him with a, like a challenge bugle. And so we sat there and, you know, I think I ended up doing a couple more cow calls or, and he bugled again. And it it still sounded, it still sounded like it was, couldn't tell if he was coming or going. I mean, he was close. That one sounded better than the one, the, the, the last. And so, I think at that point you started moving a little bit. Well, yeah, I had moved up. I, I mean, I was just going kind of like from tree to tree to tree right. to tree. And I got up to this big giant burnt tree and I poked my head around and I was like, is that? And I thought it was a cow, but there's a elk like 70 yards out in front of me. And it's like, just kind of looking at me. So I pulled up my rangefinder, 70 yards and it had these two little spikes. And I was like, well, no shit. So he was right there. So then. When I seen Adam like freeze like that, like, oh, and then I looked out front, I like moved over so I could see down in there and I could see the elk standing there looking up. So that's when I said yard sale. Cause next thing you know, I'm, I'm down and there's a bunch of tall weeds. So I, I was down below and you know, he couldn't see me. So get all my shit off and I get the elk decoy up and I flip open the cow decoy 
and I start like moving over so he can see it and I'm doing some cow calls and it it like drew his attention away well then the wind swirled and it was just like as soon as that wind swirled I could I could feel it I'm like oh man the wind's on her back now going right to him sure enough blew him out so that was the end of that scenario but that was like it was like you know he bugled one more time. He ended up bugling like four times all together. But it was, it was like after, you know, all that walking and all the up and down and all the everything, and you know, you're like it's it's really easy to get down. Like, man, like what are we doing? Like, do we need? And and again, that's the whole thing about never having done it before. So you don't know like is when this, it's going to happen. But is this normal? Like, right. are we doing this right? Should we be doing something different? And there's nobody there to tell you like, oh, this is just the way that it goes. But everybody that we talked to, no matter where it was from, you know, from talking on podcasts, from, you know, people calling us on the phone, from, you know, the guys out there, freaking your buddy in Montana. Yeah. Like, it just takes 15 seconds. Right. Like, it all it, changes in a minute. It's like just like that, and it doesn't matter if it's the last day, if it's if it's whatever. So, and it was just like okay, so it was, it was kind of like we can do this. Like right. it, they it, are here, they it's, are it's bugling. Like, it's like all right, so so that was that was that. So we were like, all right, well it's three o'clock, you know, we could do this. So and I think it was like a little bit further than the a mile from the end of the road because I don't exactly remember, but I think we had to go up maybe like three quarters of a mile and it made this curve and there was a nice stream right there where we had gotten water previously. And we went past that and we went quite a ways past that. And maybe it was my pace. Maybe it was the excitement. Maybe it was all the stuff, but John's like, I'm out of water. We got to do something. So we pull up on X, we're looking at our maps and there's a Creek that's supposed to be like right below us, right below us. It's supposed to start like right here. And so we're like, all right, well, it's really nasty. Now we're at the end of it. We're, we're at the very end because yep. that's yeah. That's so. There's this drainage just that goes down. All sorts of deadfall, just like nasty. And one of the things that, like, I, I you know, again, it's hindsight being twenty twenty. Like looking even at that is like when you're up above on like one of these ridges and you're looking down there. This all this deadfall looks like it's just like kind of like laying on the ground like it's like oh yeah no big deal mm-hmm. well just like what john had said where he was able to like duck down i mean he's six two six three whatever and if he can duck down and get underneath these weeds well that's how tall the weeds are and then what looks like to be just like coming up over the ground is the dead falls. the deadfall so it's five feet you know six feet of timber deadfall and then there's more shit underneath it that you can't see <laughs> yeah so so we start going down through there and which like, would have been when we got when we first got down in there remember it was all just mucky it would have been like eventually or actually i think that's what um he said was that used to be a wallow right there yeah or even it may have even been down further right. somewhere else but it was a perfect it'd be like picture perfect for like what you'd see a wallow i mean it was wet grassy mucky but they just hadn't they weren't in that spot so we ended up climbing down that what oh i don't know four or five hundred feet at least 
dropping down, climbing over this shit, and then going to the mucky spots. And what I got like a freaking half ounce of water out of a little trickle. Well, it was just like we could have just went kept going, but we would have like literally had to like been like four points of contact climbing right over this deadfall because yeah. this was like different. De- I think because it was so wet. It was all the root systems yeah. and all the everything had fallen, not just like logs, like everywhere else. And yeah. it was just extra it was impassable. Well, plus, well, we had left our packs up because we figured, well, we'll just drop down, get water, come back up, get our packs, filter. And then, because our original plan was to get up to the top and then like go up to the peaks, like get up there and look. So, you say, no water. We're like, I'm like, we're not going to go back that same way. We're going to go straight up this side of it, which was steep. It was like, and there were some spots where we were kind of like using our hands and everything. Got up to the top there, which was the other side of the clearing. And there's a freaking cattle path. I mean. And that was like, as the crow flies, not very far and like directly in line. From where we went through that other nasty stuff yeah. on like our second day. I so mean, it was. Pro- I mean, was, how far was when it? When I I I hit it on. I did like the line on the onyx, and I think it was like at one point it was like point six seven mile of a mile. So just over half a mile from like where we had quit, and then the other spot I think it was like eight tenths of a mile. So it was less than a mile from where we had quit. So yeah, it was. It's same elk you know they were coming off the high spot going down and then getting out into that late so and then getting down because then there was the big riverbed you know lush grass you know lots of water you know everything for them so we end up getting up top of that we're like holy shit look at this path you know so we walked back got our packs and then we ended up going right down and like where that path intersected with the end of the old logging road there was like part of the clearing part of the burn and there was these jack pines and we're like we end up setting up right in the middle of this these little jack pines which ended up being a mistake we should have got up on the edge up on the edge of the hill in the more of the clearing on the edge of the clearing the burn and so anyway we sat up there we're like all right we'll just do some blind calling and John's the shooter now. So yeah. I was shooter before. Yeah. So I'm sitting behind John. And I got the camera out. I'm kind of like looking. We're just sitting here. And we do some cow calling. We're cow calling with the bugle tubes, kind of throwing it here, throwing it there. And then John turns around and I'm fiddling with the camera and stuff, you know, doing whatever. And he's like, Did you hear that? And I'm like, no, I, I didn't hear anything. And, uh, uh, and this is one thing that I think John will say too. It was like, you bugle so much that your ears are like ringing and it's like all that you hear. And so it's like when we did hear the bugle the first time, it was like we had to like look at each other and like verify that that's what you're hearing because it's like my ears are just screaming with these. Yeah, the whole time I'm walking, like all I could hear is like, it's just like ringing in my ear. <laughs> yeah. So when John turns around and says, did you hear that? 
you know, I'm like, I, I don't know why, but I didn't hear anything. So what it was, I mean, like right above us where that, all that scorched ground is, it's like, they call it moon dust. It's that scorched dirt. And it's like, when you walk on it, it's like a crust and it breaks through. It's really hollow sound sounding. So what I thought, I'm like, I thought I heard like footsteps or like, but then we'd also, there's a bunch of grouse in that area too. So I'm like, maybe it was a grouse, you know, drumming. Well, then all of a sudden I heard it again. And I was like, I think something's coming. Well, then all of a sudden, right up above us behind on that, on the edge of that clearing, what, 35 yards over? When it came down, like around behind us, like behind me, it was inside of 30. Yeah. Well, he come just trotting in. And that was like. It was hard to tell, but it definitely was a bigger spike or like a little raghorn or whatever. Like might have had some gnarly shit on the bottom, but definitely had some horns. Yeah, it had like bigger bases. It didn't have like the big tines coming out yeah. in front of it or anything. And it went basically straight up and didn't go like yeah, it wasn't way a branch back, but definitely a bigger body. Yeah. So I mean, John's like, "Did you hear that? I, I heard it again." And then he's like, "Spike, spike, spike, spike," and he's like. Got his release clipped on, and he's like turning, and then all of a sudden he just bolts. Well, because he, well, what it was, there's like we we're in this little group of like jack pines, and then there was a row of it kind of went, there was a row of them perpendicular. He come in from like the north along the edge, and then it went into uh, another row that split the, the burn and the clearing. So it went straight like to the west and he went through that or i thought he did so i snuck out the back and got on the edge of the behind us and because the way he was going was like right on that that he was going right to that cattle path that we had come up and so i thought like man this is for sure he's going to come right out and he's going to walk right around out into that clearing i'll have a shot i was sitting there ranging nothing nothing and then you cow called and well so what happened was john took off and i kind of like followed behind him like a little bit and i saw like what he was doing and so then i just took off down the road and jumped over the the ridge where we had gone down for the water and just kind of got out of sight for if you were up above even on the road and i cow called a little bit and then it was, I was cow calling and then I was breaking stuff, doing all sorts of things over there. And then I don't remember, I, you know, cause I, I couldn't even see John. So I, that was one of the things I wish I would have done maybe differently, but I don't, I don't know how well that would have like, you know, when John was calling for me and later on, like both times, like he was pretty much stationary where I was like moving around and breaking stuff and yeah, but. Well, at first, though, you didn't drop off the edge until I came back and talked to you, because you were standing there. Okay, yeah, I was standing, like, right in that Yeah, bed. Yeah, because you stayed in the little that little patch where we were at, and you cow called from there, and then I didn't see or hear, I didn't see the bull anymore, I'm like, or I didn't see him, like, I was expecting him to come out in front of me, and so I walked, I snuck back, I'm like, I snuck back, and that's when you come back, then you come over and met me, and I'm like, what? what happened? Where's he at? And you're, you're like, he was coming back to me. 
Well, then we're standing there. And you're t- I didn't realize he was still standing right up above us. And all of a sudden, he barks at us. You know, I'm like, bark back at him. And you're like, what? I'm like, do the same thing. He just did. <laughs> and so Adam barks back. And I'm like, well, follow it up with like a cow call. You know, just do some calls because he's, he's nerved up. He's, you know, he don't, he wants to know what's going on. He didn't wind us, obviously. The wind was like right at us. So we had good wind. He just knew something was up. So he probably caught our movement, you know, because we we're both, you know, you walked back over to me. And so that's when I was like, get over the edge, like drop over the edge and just start, you know, make a noise and call him back there. And so this went on for like 10 minutes where you're back there breaking stuff and bugling and barking back at him. And he was just going back and forth on that edge. He just, he wouldn't commit to coming through. He didn't, he didn't want to leave, but he didn't want to come out, you know, he wanted us to come to them, come to him basically. And it was, I mean, each time like these things happened, like it seemed like an eternity and this time was no different. And I was like, going further and further because I was up over here for a while and then I went down and then I was like going like way away and then I couldn't I wasn't you know the the bull wasn't making any noise you know I couldn't see John I I couldn't tell like what was going on so I was just I was just down there so after you know what's you know it seemed like an eternity and in reality it was you know quite a long time yeah I started walking back up and that's what I'm like Back down. He's right there yet. Back down. <laughs> so yeah. you could actually see like some of his reaction. To, like, yeah, what was I was it? watching. I could see like him through them pines. Like at one point he was starting to come back. He was coming like on that one little trail that came through there. And I was like, I'm like, oh man, he's going to come out. He's going to come out. And then he like, he held up for a second. And I think that's when you were moving up. You were kind of moving like parallel behind us or behind me and him. And that's when I think that kind of like. It might have confused him or like he was like looking because it sounded like you might have been getting closer, like you were going to come out and show yourself. And then all of a sudden, like everything, just he was a stand there at that point, like wait. And then you come up over the hill and that's when I was trying to wave you back down. He ended up barking at us a couple more times and then, then we heard him bark his way out, you know, over the hill. But so then we, so that was the end of that one. So then we're like, man, that was, you know, that was awesome. You know, all of a sudden here's, you know, within two hours, that was at five o'clock. So within two hours, we had two bulls come in, you that know, we saw. that we yeah. saw, you know, responded to the, you know, the second one was this blind. He never bugled. He just came into them, that blind call, you know, the cold calling situation. So and we had set up above, most likely we would have got a shot because he would have came running in. And we would have seen him from further off. Though. Right. We would have seen him coming. And so we would have had, but, you know, at that point we didn't, weren't sure because the other bull was down, had come in from below us. You know, the one that bugled the first bull was, he was on the other side down below, like where you end up jumping off the edge. So that's, it was like, okay, well, are they coming from that way? Are they going to come from above? Are they going to come from over on the east side? So that's why I was like, well, we'll just set up right here in the middle because then if they come through this way or that way. So, yeah, so, I, so I don't know if you guys are just picking up on any of this or whatever, but like with all of the elk 101 and elk nut, like John and I both had the the apps and, 
you know, I went through and learned how to call, but John was like trying to be like elk nut number two. Like he knows exactly <laughs> what these elk, I mean, he's having the conversation and I'm just like making the calls, <laughs> you know, I'm, I can make this, I can make that sound. I can make this sound, but John's like trying to be a PhD and it was like really, but, but it was, I mean, it was definitely worked and it was definitely, you know, I felt, I felt really bad that I wasn't like on the same level because he was like, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what that call was. This is what, you know, just like, like so into it. And, um, you know, so that's one of the things that I definitely need to work on. You know, I, I have a, a good understanding of it now, but it, again, going into it, not knowing like how it was all going to go and that, you know, you're going to, it, it, it was all, it's all fucking good. I mean, <laughs> it was a great time. I'm not, I'm not complaining. We're both, you know, learning, you know, so we ended up to finish off that night. We ended up just getting up above, went up on the edge of that. And there was a bunch of little scrub pines that like, that just popped up in that old burn. And so we set up there and just did some more, you know, blind call but at that point it was pretty much you know it was over it was starting to get it gets sunsets at well, like seven o'clock and it sets like immediately well that's like oh it kind of gets getting dark like pitch black like boom right well that's the other thing too is because we're you know seven o'clock idaho time we're like right on the edge the eastern edge of the time zone so technically it's you know like we were you know what six sixty miles away over by Montana, we would have been at eight o'clock. So, well, that's what Joe was telling me because he called me the one night, like he was, I think he was either on his way back or just gotten back to Colorado, and uh, he called me and he's like, "What's up, man?" And I'm like, "Um, nothing." And he's like, "Well, wow, what's what's up? What time is it?" And I'm like, "It's like 10 Like just getting ready for it. He's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> he's like, "Cause they were they were further." Right, you know, east than we were, and they kept their all their stuff kept bouncing back and forth. Right, yeah. So, so the, we ended up. I think that night we just we bugled our. That was Wednesday. Yes, yeah, so we bugled our way back and didn't hear anything. No, not that night. And then so the next day we went all over God's green earth again and ended up back there because we were like, well, we'll be back here for the evening. We set up in the burn. You know where we should have been, or where we thought. We did hear. Um, so that was no, Wednesday. That, that, yeah, that night. No, Thursday. Oh yeah. So yeah. Thursday we walked. We were checking out different drainages and stuff. So we checked out this other one that went back, and went up this really gnarly uh, old logging road, and got to the back where it basically ended at this drainage, and it was like, it was steep and nasty. We ended up sitting down there. We had our, ate our lunch, <clears throat> and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm just gonna. There was a, supposed to be another old logging road up above there, and there was. Well, let's. I, I was telling well, some. I was telling somebody else this. So, one of the things there was a lot of different learning curves on this, but you know, looking at those maps. So I did the, the thing. You know, Mark from Treeline Pursuits. I went through and I looked at the whole map and I marked off all the different roads and all the different everything that they were supposed to be, you know, all these different, you know, this is a road, this is a footpath, this is a cow path, this is a, or, you know, horse trail or whatever. And I think 
really all that means is someone at one time, whenever the map was made or whatever, there was a, a path there because our, and, th- and that was the, one of the things that we didn't understand or we didn't know whether that the road that we ended up being on, was it a real actual passable road? Because one of the things that we were told on the way out there is, you know, when you come out here, make sure you have a chainsaw because you may have to cut your way back in. And even on this road, I had to jump out and move some right deadfall off of the road. Or cut your way back out. <laughs> yeah. And so the road, like I said, it was gated. And when we got back in there, someone had went a certain distance and cut out some, some of, of it. Some of them, not the huge one. But any, anything that was a a hiking path um, was just like there was it was more than a game trail, but it was basically just completely covered with deadfall. It was just almost like like a little bit of a bench that you could follow, or right. or maybe like the easiest way to traverse it, but it wasn't a trail. So when John says there was a trail there. You know, we went down this this trail. It was a, pr- a pretty good trail into this drainage, but the one that was supposed to be up above us. Yeah, I climbed up to that, and it was thicker than anything that I mean. What well, what it was that that old it was the old the old logging road, and then all them little jack pines and all that scrubby shit grew up on it, and so you could. I mean, I was crawling through it and snagging my bow, and I went on probably maybe 20 yards and then got back off of it. Well, and just for reference on this actual road on the road that we were on, that was marked as a road. The one that we traversed all the time that was cut out at the end of it on the part where it wasn't cut out. I counted the one day and I looked on my watch and I went one quarter of a mile and we went over under or around 54 deadfalls. (laughs) And that was one quarter of a mile. Right. Of the 105 miles that we did, or 108, or however many that year watched that, or, or whatever. Right. So, so anyways, John went up to check out this other trail, in quotation marks. Right. So, I got up there, and then it was too gnarly to even, it was better just to side hill it below it and go over the deadfalls than it was to try to go through the thick, thick, gnarly shit. Ended up getting back up to, like, the beginning, like, straight up above you where the drainage like started and then it was kind of cliffed out up there. It was pretty steep. There was no, I wasn't getting up that, but I got up there and it was, there was a nice little bench area and there was a bunch of whitetail beds and some other tracks and stuff. And it was, you know, that's a pretty good sign. Well, and all of a sudden I heard a bugle, but I, the way that, that like drainage was, I couldn't tell where it came from. I'm like, like that Adam, Adam bugle at me so I end up I climbed all the way back down and that's when I got down to got down to Adam like did you bugle nope I'm like did you hear that bugle nope but he was sitting right next to there was some a stream running right there so it was hard for him to hear so we end up climbing back up that and got up there because we had did when we were eating we were just doing some blind calling again well we climbed back up, got up to that little bench where that sign was, and we called, and like, no more answers or anything. So we're like, well, let's just go back down and get our packs, and we're not going to get up. We're not going up this any farther. 
So we'll just call our way back out of this drainage and then work our way back, you know, to our original plan, get back up to the end. So we, uh, now we know why all the deadfalls on the trails and why to bring chainsaw, because as we were walking out of there, it had been dead calm, just like you could hear a pin drop. Well, all of a sudden you could just hear the wind just, Next thing you know, like right where we had been, like up on that drainage, it was just trees just coming down. I turned around and Adam was like kind of off to my side and his eyes were like like big as freaking ping pong balls. And I'm, mine were probably just as big. And we're like, holy shit. And we're looking around us, looking up like, man, is there, are any trees going to come down on us? And we're like, let's get the hell out of here. So we got out of there. So we heard that bugle. Then we ended up working our way back up, got up to the end, set up on the top, and just did some more. We didn't make it all the way. Our original plan was to get up past that because there was two peaks and there was a saddle, and that's where we thought, you know, the elk would be. Well, we didn't. It was, by that time, it was too late. You know, it was getting starting to get to the point where we weren't going to move, you know, get back there because we'd end up pushing anything out if they were coming over. And we may have did that anyway. Right. So we just set up up top there, did some blind calling, nothing. Got out of there, it was like 8 o'clock. We started work, working our way back down, and we bugled all the way back down. Well, we got about to the point where the first bugle we heard, and one cracked off. And it was, it was a ways off. Yeah, it, it was, was like, like on the other. It was like where we originally the, started. The first couple days, yeah. Yeah. So it was back over towards that that uh, drainage or valley. So we're like, all right, well, we know there's a bull over there. So we got back to camp late that night. I mean, it was 11 o'clock, I think, before we got to bed. My feet were killing me. I think I had twisted my ankle that night. You twisted your ankle about 50 times. So yeah. It was hard. To <laughs> yeah, hard to count. But that was the one I put a hurting on it and that one stuck with me it's still hurting today but so the, we ended up deciding friday we'd give that yeah we're going to give that property a rest and we're going to go back around to where we originally wanted to do the six yeah. mile so you go ahead and tell this part because i did not have a good day <laughs> yeah it was it wasn't a good day at all um so we went um back over to where we uh we were going we were going to go the the that second day we were going to go check out on the the backside just a little bit further to the east of where we were and granted there was a really good spot over there where there was two little peaks north facing slope with a bench and then a huge run i mean tons and tons of elk tracks all beat down coming out of there there's water down below it it looked like a really good spot. And this was just to the east of it with two taller peaks with that were both uh, that were facing north as well. And so we got up and, you know, walked a couple miles back down to the truck, went back out, drove all the way out. Well, there was a ranger station right there. So we're like, well, we'll try and stop and talk to them. Well, there was no one at the ranger station. They were across the road at the, like, fueling up their trucks or doing whatever they were going to do. So 
That's when we stop and talk to them. Yeah, so when we stop and talk to a farrier that was shoeing the horses for the um, forestry. forestry service. And he used to guide out there, and he was telling us that he didn't have any idea of anything around there. It was where we, the spot where we were hunting, he called the, the front, front country. country. <laughs> we weren't in the back country. The back country is where you... Uh, you get brought in by horses, so. And we got, you know, we, we kind of, on the last day that we were out there, the day that we were coming home, um, the guy that we were out there staying with, he took us up into some pretty, na- like, it was, it was pretty intense stuff. And, you know, they were talking about having to winch their way up and, you know, roll right here. There was a, a truck camper that was left until spring and the snowmobiles were going over the top of it. And, right. You know, so it, that's, I think. And that, that was a back country. So the back country areas like the the unit we hunted considered front country that opened on the first or the 31st or whatever 30th 30th now the back country sections they didn't open until the 15th september 15th so yeah so anyway he, he was telling us well you know <laughs> basically he told us don't bugle just cow call and they're going to be up high so we were like we're like okay well that makes sense because where we were at, where we saw the elk was basically the highest point around, right? you know, anywhere that we were near. So we were like, okay, we got that going for us. Around where we're going is just about as high. It was a little bit steeper. It was the same, you know, we were up, we were up over 5,600 plus, but it was over the course of like, maybe like one and a half miles or two miles. It was like, boom. Yeah, you're right there, and we went all over that, and we found tons of whitetail sign, giant whitetail rubs, and where there should have been elk. I mean, there was just nothing. There was no sign, so it was like this is just kind of a waste. Let's just go back down to where we were at the day, you know, where we started the whole thing. We'll go back up there. It's not too far in. We got plenty of time. We'll go back in there, call. And then we split up and you went over to where there was that wallow and all that other stuff. And I set up on those two peaks and just nothing. Yeah. Not a sound, not a peep, not a broken branch, just nothing. Wasted. Then I, that was the day when we were coming back out of that steep ass shit. I freaking slipped and tweaked my knee that (laughs) I'll quit complaining, (laughs) but I was not. I thought, actually, when we got back to the truck, I thought I might have ended my trip right there because I was hurting pretty good. But put my knee brace on and sucked it up, and we went back in and did another four miles. Yeah, and then, so, this is one of those things where, you know, we hadn't been getting up, like, super early or getting going or any of that stuff. You know, we were... Well, we were getting up at four, but... You know, by the time we got all the way back there... You know, you know, because it was like five miles from our camp all the way to the end. You know, it was just rough. So we were like, all right, well, we're going to get up earlier. And it was tough. I mean, it was just tough. And, uh, but, but this morning, that well, it was Friday? That was Friday when we got up. Okay, so the Saturday. Saturday right? morning was the. Saturday, like, whatever, whatever entity that you believe in, that thing you know, that God told us, 
you guys need to get up because that same feeling that we had when the trees were coming down around us, they were coming down around the wind picked up at about three thirty in the morning and those trees were coming down on the, 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 the hills that were above us and down below. So like we had enough foresight to pick our campsite where there was no dead trees, you know, there were, <laughs> there were no widow makers. There were no dead trees. It was, everything was and everything around us was pretty small. Yeah. So it was, you know, pretty i don't know it was the safest spot yeah and but i mean you could feel the ground shake yeah and it was like it was like i don't want to be in here and if john would have said you know what let's pack it up and let's go to the truck right now i'd have been like let's do it because this is terrifying (laughs) i was like hey you awake over are you hearing this like uh yeah, (laughs) yeah 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 so then we just ended up getting up and it was rough i mean like i i was I was cool. You know, it was, it, there was like, it was kind of like low morale, but John was hurt from the day before. And he was just like, I can't, I can't go at this pace. You know, we're just going to have to. And I'm like, oh, it's cool. And so we stopped and we watched the sun come up. There's this big giant valley and we sat down there and it's funny because I had the in reach. And at that point, um, you know, Joe that was on the podcast and he was out there in Idaho, he was messaging back and forth and I was telling him like what was going on. And he's like, just go slow, just take, you know, just the necessities, you know, just, you know, just keep them going. Keep, tell, tell John, you know, just as soon as we get up around this little bend, we'll take a break. Like, we just need to get here, here, here. Because he's like, you know, he's never been through any of this stuff before. He's not endured any of the stuff that we have. And it's, you know, it's, John said at one point, he's like, you know, I feel bad because I'm just complaining about everything. It's like, you don't complain about anything. It's like. I don't know. I, I mean, I, 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 we said it before, you know, when we were talking to Chad, you know, embrace the suck. It's like, really like you can yeah. either exist with it or you can dwell on it. But if you dwell on it, then it just perpetuates itself. It just makes it worse. Yeah. So, so I was trying not to dwell on it. I was just, I mean, fucking worn out. Yeah. And it, it was rough, but like, so at that point, you know, it was pretty low, you know, sort of like, all right, well, we're going to get back out there. It's just, we'll get up here and we'll get water and then we'll get up here and then we'll go. And then there's more water there if we need water and then we'll get to the end. Well, right nearing where we had heard the first bugle. Right. We were, we were going and. But we, we were bugling our way up. Yeah. But we didn't. our way slow. But we didn't. Yeah. We didn't go, go fast and we weren't like yeah, super. them like, Adam. Need to slow down. <laughs> Walk quiet. Get on the moss. <laughs> but but yeah. So so we weren't like we were. I think I think also like earlier we were really excited, so we were aggressively bugling like really really often. And this time we were just kind of like almost like systematically bugling. We were like, okay, so at this spot and then right. over there. And right when we got to there, we heard a bugle. And it was like, okay, all right. And so we kind of went up around through this burn, through all this, um, these little pines. And I call them jack pines, but they're just these little scrubby pines. And so, yeah, we, at that point we had to get up above cause that was our cover. And there was some pretty good sign actually along the edge yeah, of that. Was, you know, some sign we, that we had overlooked. Yeah. We'd found some pretty good rubs back in there. 
but we did everything by the book. We set up. Adam got up on the like the front edge of it. I stayed back. I, uh, you know, did some cow calling. I think I even did some raking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And nothing answered. So we just we kind of waited out for what ten, fifteen more minutes. We're like, all right, well, let's just keep working our way back up. You know, he might have been moving away. He might have been going to bed. You know, whatever. So we're trying to sneak up along this the lo- the road there, going over these deadfalls and everything. All of a sudden, uh, the section where this happened, there was these little jack pines lining the road, so we couldn't really see over the edge. You know, they were like eye level, so it kind of zigzagged. And all of a sudden, we hear, and I look over, I like peek over, and there's a freaking group elk. There's cows, a spike, some calves, you know, and then they're like, they were, what, 50 yards? If they that. weren't very far. No. 50 yards, if that. And they, you know, we spooked them. And, and it just, sounded like an avalanche. Oh, yeah, because they was went. the loudest thing. They went down through that freaking, those deadfalls, and it was just like. Just. And it just kept on going. Like, going it didn't stop. Going and going. <laughs> like, well, they are in here. Or they were. <laughs> I mean, they're moving, so we're, you know, we blew those elk out, but, you know, so then we a good get, sign. We get up there, like, another half mile, like, right to the end of the road where we were at, and we... That's when we cut up over... That's We finally got to the, the point where our original plan was to go towards those, go towards those peaks in that saddle. So we start, we climb up. This is where I had the interaction with the bull. We climb up over that. We go across that clearing, got on the edge of this clearing we were for the still, burn. We were still in that clearing when we heard the first bugle. We were right on the edge of it because yeah. we were starting to go skirt that edge up because we were, we were pretty high. So we got up there, and that's when I was like, well, did yeah, you hear that? Well, but at the one point, because I felt like when we stopped right there the one time, you're like, God, we still have three quarters of a mile to go, like side-hilling up. Right. To this, you know, to where we were, to where we were going. And, uh. Yeah, because I kept checking. I'm like, man, it seemed like we're, like, fuck, we gotta go. We're not even close to where we <laughs> So, but it was, I, I felt, because we were like, we were, we were moving up that edge. Yeah. And we heard that bugle, and but it was like far away back to the. Then southeast. To the, yeah, west, southwest. Oh, southwest. Southwest. And we are like, okay, well, that's kind of the way that we're going, so let's just keep on going. At one point, though, we heard I th- that's I heard one to like the southeast, also, like. But so anyway, so we start working our way, work along, then we get up there. Can't remember, did I bugle or did we just hear? No, you bugled. I bugled, then. and then he answered right away. But it was not a very good bugle. No. Not mine, the answer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that was was a weird bugle. So it was super hollow and like like high pitched. Like it was just. And then at the end, it'd be like, ooh. Or like, ooh. I don't know. We should have taped it. But so like, man, 
So I bugle again. He bugles back. Bugle. I'm like, well, this is weird, man. We haven't, you know, we heard bugles, but nothing's answered. Like nothing was talking like that. So we're, we walk a little farther, bugle, and bugles back. Like maybe we watch too many born and raised videos, but we're like, are we getting Doug Fluties right now? Like that's got to be because <laughs> that horse path that I was telling you about was right below us. Was I mean, it wasn't right below us, but well, it was, you could hear it. I mean, theoretically, you could have heard it from. Right. So, it was down below this this ridge. And it was Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. So, that's when we're like, man, Saturday morning, it could easily be a dude on a horse coming in and just trying to locate a bull, you know, bugling his way in, and then thinking that we're, you know, so we end up. What, we end up sitting there taking off our packs, grabbing yeah. a snack. And actually, at one point, I, I like, climbed over this. We, had, we were in this deadfall. Like, well, we sat there on that deadfall, and you bugled, and then yeah. bugled back. Oh, yeah. You bugled. And I was like, I'm going to bugle. And if he answers back, it's a person. And I got my tube up to my lips. I didn't even blow it, and all of a sudden, the, he's bugling at me. I'm like, we both kind of <laughs> look at each other and laugh like, this is kind of crazy. Like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna walk over here a little ways. So I grabbed my binos, and I went maybe what forty yards over to the edge to see if I can see down in the river bottom. And I couldn't see nothing, but then it sounded like it was working, working because I hadn't bugled then for a while, and it sounded like it was just working that trail further back. away. So I was going further away. So we're like, well. We got back, finished our snack. We're like we're sitting there just talking. We're like, man, that was just strange. All of a sudden, it'd been about ten minutes. All of a sudden, he bugles right below us again. We're like, what the hell? And I, I think I said, I'm like, well, if that's a hunter, he's an idiot because the wind was blowing straight from that bugle right into our face. I'm like, if it's a hunter, he's a fucking idiot. I mean. His wind's blowing right at us. Like, well, I'll just give it a shot. Whatever. So, get our shit on. We start. We'll just, all right, we'll just skirt this. We'll stay at our same elevation and just work our way down. So, we get our stuff back on. We start. We actually went up a little bit higher to get around that that deadfall and stuff. So, we start working our way down. And then, I'm like. There was, I could see like this bush up in front of us. Well, you, so yeah, but we were, so we were just walking. You hadn't bugled. No. We were just walking and it was like, I've been, I've been telling people this story and it's like, it's so hard to like put into words, but it was like what you would think that the monster under your bed sounds like. It was like, then it went into a bugle and we both looked at each other with these like giant eyes and you're like that's not a hunter that was after you were in front of the bush Mm -mm. no that's that's right when we decided was it yeah yeah because that's when we were like get up to that that bush all right yeah because well before that we heard the little wimpy bugle yeah like well we heard you know like he would bugle and then all of a sudden, we'd hear this. It sounded like a dude without a tube bugling. 
Like, that's what I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So that's when I, I stood up and I was like, I'm just going to blow a tune through my, and, you know, dee, 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 you know, and see if they bugle to that. <laughs> and that's, then we heard that freaking roar and I was like, that's, that's a real bull. Yeah, it it was like, so we had heard those other bugles and they sounded like, you know, what you, you know, kind, kind of like what we sounded like, I guess. Like, that's right. why it was like. It wasn't all that startling, other than the fact that it was like it's you know, oh my gosh, this is this is really happening. This was like guttural, like yeah, it was. I'm like, that's no one, no one's making that, no humans making that freaking noise. And it, and it was so weird because like, so I worked my way up to that bush, and well, it turns out, like as soon as I got down near there, it was just like all super wet, like. And I got around in front of that bush because everything that I had seen was like, like, get in front of the bush. Don't be behind it. Because it was like, if you can't shoot through the bush, you know, you want to make sure you, you know, let your camouflage work, blah, 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 blah. So I got in front of it while I'm standing there and there's these two, I don't know, like horse size, like muck pits. Wallows. You know, (laughs) and I'm like, well, that's. It's a wallow right here. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And it did smell like cattle. It, it smelled like elk right there. So we're like, okay, this is cool. And so he's he's calling and then it's just that little wimpy elk bugle and it sounded like it was further away again. And like it wasn't like all that super intense and he wasn't like bugling right back at you. Right. And so we sat, we didn't sit there very long. No, I, I end up working my way up to you. Mm-hmm. You come back out of the wallow and you're well, like, but, see what this is. But, th- but that was the thing. Is like, that's why I say it was just like these two little things. And I was like, oh, this is the wallow. Cool. And where John was, is he was up above me and he's like, no, this is the wallow. <laughs> and it was like the, like the size of like an S10, <laughs> like just, you know, mud everywhere. And it was all like freshly splashed and just... Tore I mean, up. It was just crazy. And we were standing there kind of like looking at it, kind of like looking at each other and kind of like shrugging our shoulders like, well, what the hell? Right. You know what? I mean, what now? So, I mean, he was he just bugled. He can't be very far. And like literally it was like maybe 150 yards from there right. at, at that point. I mean, we're basically standing in the open looking at this wallow going like, what? The, you know, what do we do right. now? And it was oh. it was super open right there. Right. So like we got to get. We got to get skirt this edge. And, but that's when we see, I mean, it was just elk sign. It smelled like a petting zoo. It was just tore up and just like, well, we found it finally on the second, second to last, last day. day. So we end up, he was, he was moving away from us. Like, so at that point we realized he's going up that saddle. And so we started, we kept scooting along that edge, staying at his same elevation and then we got into those deadfalls and shit, and it was thicker and that had all that little, little three foot freaking weeds. I don't even know what those weeds are. Well, but before we got into that, like we just crossed that meadow, and down like below us, you know, to to the south, there was like a bunch of standing timber. So it was like fairly thick, and it, it was looked- covered. So we. Yeah, but it but it looked like 
you know, what I, I mean, kind of like a cedar swamp or something here. Like it was like, like thick standing timber. And that's kind of like where all the commotion and all the sound and everything was going from. So as soon as we got across the meadow and we were kind of sitting there figuring out what was going on, then he freaking bugles again. And it was like, he was like right on top of us. Right. I'm like, get over that thick shit. Get over there. Well, this is where that other stuff comes into play because I saw that thick timber and it was falling away, but it was all that tall weed. So I was like, literally like the weeds were like up to my like nipples. Like it was like, it was like over my waist high. And so all of this, this deadfall was huge. And so I'm like running across this balancing, hopping from thing to thing. Cause I'm just thinking if I can just get over to the edge of this standing timber, like he's just going to come right around there. And I got about three quarters of the way down there and I was standing on this fallen lodge pole and I was about eight feet off the ground. And the only thing I can say is like, I, f- I felt like I was standing on top of a swing set and John bugled. And all of a sudden, I mean, well, we were bugling at that point. We were just ripping off at each other. Just freaking, it was insane. It was, that was like, that made my trip right there. Just because I would scream at him and he'd scream back and he was doing like a double, like he would, he'd like roar and then start to come down then roar again. <laughs> it was, But so these other elk that we had seen were just like regular old looking elk and my dad's killed some elk and you know he's killed you know some five points and they're you know fairly impressive but they're not like the ones that you see in the magazine or or whatever you know and those were kind of like the elk that we had seen prior to this and so you know i'm i'm like i said i'm basically like an obstacle course like just trying as fast as i can to get over to this thing and i'm like literally standing on top of this this log eight feet off the ground on the top of this brush pile of nasty shit. And just this bull, I mean, his, his antlers were wider than my shoulders and he was just lumbering like side to side to side. And it just went way back, way wider than your shoulders. You're not, I mean, like, it was like, you're not five foot wide. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, to put it in. Cause he, so I was up above, and I couldn't tell, like, how bad it was. I mean, I seen Adam kind of disappear at one point, and then he got back up, and then I didn't realize that he was, like, up on a old lodge lodge pole. I mean, and so I'm I'm behind a big deadfall, and I, like, and then there's a big tree next to me, so I, like, peek up, and all of a sudden I can just see this bull standing there, and I couldn't tell, like, how big he was. Like, I couldn't count the points. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to count the points. I was just, I seen it and all I could see was just the big, thick, massive horns coming out. I'm like, holy shit, that's not a little bull. That's a big one. So then I grab a stick and I'm just like, I'm raking and I'm shaking the freaking, those weeds and stuff because he's looking for me. And I'm bugling. I'm like, and I'm trying to call him up towards me because Adam's down, like down to my left. So it's like, if he comes towards me, it's going to, I thought you would have had a shot. Yeah, so I'm standing there on t- on top of this freaking log. There's like a 
the dead tree like next to me. I'm like kind of leaned out. I got my rangefinder up. There's a tree right in front of him. It's 52 yards. And he was 10 yards behind that. He was like 62 yards. I had him. I mean, he was broadside, 62 yards. But like halfway between he and I, there was two like deadfalls that were like parallel to the earth. So he was like in this window between them. And that was about 30 yards. You know, that was about half the distance. So it would have been like the perfect shot. Like the, and I was like, and I was like, oh man, like, and, and I set my side up, I set my bow up, I switched from my single pin because I was worried about him being too close. And so here this is, I've got 20, 30, 40, 50. That side I didn't set up for anything beyond that because I was like, well, that makes it very simple. Like 50 is my distance. Like it's, it's all said and done until you've got this monster like out in front of you, broadside. But we did put, you did have a sight tape on it, right? For your no, slider? I, I, I didn't. Oh, you never did that? I, I had it on there, but it just, it wouldn't, like it never indexed like correctly. Oh. Like it, I shot it at 60 and it wasn't, wasn't close and it just. So I, I just said forget about it and and I should have threw you my bow in fifty. Well, and that was the thing. It's like it's so funny because John couldn't see like what was going on, you know. So this bull comes out and like I said, he's just lumbering. Is the only thing I can say. Like he didn't come running in. I mean, he kind of like trotted in, but his head was just going back and forth, and his antlers were just huge. And I was like, oh my god, like this is crazy. And John would bugle, and I'd see him bugle. So I got to see like the whole thing, like his mane, like his lip curl, just you know, all the the emotion. And like, like I say, when his antlers, like when he lifted his head up and bugled, like his antlers, like were touching his like hind quarters. <laughs> it was just crazy. And so he turned and was going up to John. Well, again, there was still all this deadfall, but there was like this little like. I guess we were like on like the start of this like drainage, like so that went down in between mm-hmm. us. So we had to go up and around. So he was actually kind of trying to come up and around on John. And when he did that, there was no way I was getting shot. There was, it was just so thick in between there. I found some spots that I was like, okay, well, if he goes through there, it'll be 35, but he's going to be like, you know, either downwind of John or like right on top of John. So I was telling John, like, I was like looking up there and I'm like, get your bow, get your bow. And I'm pointing at my bow. And John thinks I'm saying, get, it's a bull. It's a he's bull. like, I know. I know I it's know. a bull. I'm like, get it's your a bow. big fucking bull. <laughs> I'm like, get your bow. <laughs> but then like when all that was happening, like when he first came down, like I saw another ear flick like behind him. And then I saw that there was a cow down there. And like when he started going up to John, like I... And he was through all that thick stuff. Like I completely lost my focus. And I was like, if that cow comes over here, I'm going to shoot her. Like, I was like, <laughs> I, I'm not here to be a hero. I don't care about that. Like I'm here for the meat. So I'm like, I'm like, I dare you to come over here. And uh, she just kind of like circled around behind him. And this, and this whole thing lasted another like 10 minutes because when he went up by John like, I jumped down off of that, and I was, like, again, like John said, I, like, disappeared, because I was, like, down underneath all this stuff, but I was breaking so much stuff that I had to, like, cow call, like, a little bit, because it was, like, he, I could see him look at me, and then when John would bugle, he'd turn his focus over there, and he'd spin around, and then I'd start moving again, but it was, like, it was, like, a real deal game, like, cat and mouse, like, because I was, like, just trying to close the distance but i kept going like further down i never got to the point where i actually got to come up right 
So, but then you seen him. Yep. Like he hooked his. So yep. So he he circled around and he started going back up that ridge. And again, I was standing on this other thing, and I, I was like, <laughs> I was I was I thought like I should get my I should get a video of this. So I was like reaching in, getting my my phone, and then he turned around, and I have my in my right hand. So I got my release hooked on. I've got a, my bow you know, knocked arrow broadhead and I'm like leaning over and I'm trying to balance and I'm like, this is stupid. Like I'm going to fall off here, break my leg, stab myself with the broadhead, something that he was at 82 yards at that point, but his cow had like kind of like ran up, ran up the ridge. So he kind of went over there and she spun around and he whacked her with her aunt with antlers and kind of like nuzzled her, like up, pushed her up the hill, pushed her up the hill. And then they were gone. And I was like, Oh my God, did that just really happen? So it, as we look back, I'm like, well, that must have, we even pulled up the elk nut half and I played the, the, uh, cow bugle. cow bugle. And that's exactly what it was. It was like, she was like, either I was calling her away from him and it was pissing him off or she was just talking to both of us or what the deal was. But, you know, matter of fact, when we got back and we're talking to the guy that we stayed at his cabin, he's like. Yeah, I don't think that was a cow. <laughs> I'm like, that was a cow with him. And that was the only other thing. I'm like, it sounded just like a bugle without a tube. And when we played that cow, we actually have, if you guys had the Elk Nut app, and you play the cow bugle, it's exactly what it sounded like. Yeah, it it, it was just so weird. I mean, it's, it's easy now, like in hindsight, because that that sequence of events from the time that we were eating or before there was 30 to 50 bugles. I mean, it was nonstop. Like you would bugle immediately bugle right back. Right. And it was just stupid. That's why we were like, there's no way that that's a real elk. There's no way. Yeah. We haven't heard, we, you know, we've heard bugles, but not, nothing's answered like that. There's no way. Well, from now on, I don't care if we go in on another hunter a hundred times. I'm going to pursue it like it's a real elk. <laughs> but it it worked out. I mean, yeah, it so did. not to say that we didn't do it right. You know, I mean, it, it, it may have been a little different if we would have got on him and got him to come up back up to the wallow instead of going through the thick shit. But that wasn't the end of the story either. So at that point, he wasn't spooked or whatever. He didn't wind us. Everything was like, he was just like, I'm done. I've got my cow. I'm going. Right. He got his cow. He pushed her up over the hill. I'm like, all right. So Adam worked his way back to me. I'm like, all right, let's go back to the wallow. We'll just go back over there. We'll just sit down. We'll give him an hour, hour and a half. Let him, we know that he's going to go up over that saddle and he's going to be, he's bedding. That's the north side, north facing slope. He's going to be bedded up in there somewhere. So let's just give him some time, then we'll try to sneak our way up over there and then give him some calls, see if we can pull him out of his bed once his, you know, he's got his cow and there might have been more. And just so, however we're remembering this or the exaggeration factor or, or whatever, like the elk nut says, if they have a cow, that's a herd. So we <laughs> called in and turned a herd bull. So, I mean... <laughs> It's pretty good for two guys that have never done it before. <laughs> a couple flatlanders. <laughs> anyway. So 
So we go back and we're just geeked up like, man, that was, we're replaying it. Matter of fact, uh, what's funny is my, ever since I got back, that's all I've been watching is all the elk videos and people are posting, you know, post them daily and everything. My wife's like, all it is every time those guys, all the guys get back and they're just talking about what happened. I'm like, well, that's what we do. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we're replaying it. We're, <laughs> we're like, well, you, she's like, well, you both experienced it. Why do you got to like replay it? I mean, why do you guys each have to explain it? Like, I don't know. That's what we do. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so anyway, so we get back. We're all excited. We're like, all right, we're getting our game plan. We're like, all right, now I'm shooter. So we get our stuff. We end up leaving our packs there, trying to go light. We get up over the hill, and the wind ended up being perfect. It was blowing straight from like where we thought he might be, right in our face. And we get up over the hill and. This is where I made the mistake. I end up doing like a location bugle. In hindsight, I mean, because we were we just trying were, to figure out where we didn't, because we didn't, we didn't realize he was going to be that close. It didn't, it didn't matter. We did. We didn't have the confidence to know that we were right. Right. Because, because we were right. I mean, <laughs> we were dead we were right. way right. So, so yeah, we we go over there and we snuck down like as quiet as, as we quiet could. as we could we got about literally 300 yards from where he was bedded right and we know that because the next day we walked right down there and found where he was bedded and from that 300 we were, yard we were close well no we, from from 300 yards away we bugled right and he bugled right there with a roundup bugle and took his cow or wh- whoever was with him and it took went out a, the back door. Well, we didn't know that because we were like, okay, yeah, he's right there. So then we moved in another 150 yards, 200 yards, right. got set up, and then we cow called. And we should have just kept on going, right. got set up, and cow called. And that's just our, our inexperience and lack of confidence right but it, it could have worked too if he if we bugled and he just bugled regular you know in the, from his bed then and, and he might have been stirred up too you said he looked right at you like when you were standing there standing there so you know he knew something was off so the game was pretty much up but I mean, he was also it, it was you you were not playing the subordinate bull either. Mm-mm. So it wasn't like I mean, I think he's like I've had enough of this shit. We're going. Yeah, I was not holding back. I was growling and barking and bugling. I was trying everything that the elk, the elk nut said. Hey, last resort, bark and bugle at him if he bugles back do it right back at him and i did everything and he was answering it was just like like by the book <laughs> when i feel bad because you didn't get to watch the whole <laughs> thing because you're just tucked down in your little hole yeah. you know your mind's probably going a hundred miles a minute trying to figure out what do i do what do i do yep. and i'm just standing there watching it going like oh man this is this is unreal yeah i i seen him like i said i seen him when i peeked up over and he was like looking 
he was like looking straight up my way. You know, there's no way he's seen me because I was like just, you know, peek my eyeball over the edge. And I could see him like, that's a freaking monster. And then I just went back to work just shaking the, the weeds and I end up, you know, my knuckles are still scarred up from banging the trees. And and it was all that old burned up stuff. Like my pack is still black. Matter of fact, when that's another thing we need to do with your bow. Did you clean out your cam tracks and all that? Because that's the one thing you can tell with, with these green strings is like I got home and I shot my bow and I'm like, oh, my cam tracks are just full of that black dust and dirt. So I cleaned it all up. So we got to do that to yours. But yeah, it was some gnarly shit. So we ended up, we set up and called and there was nothing. It was just quiet. So he went out the back door. So we ended up we end up doing, well we went back up top and then we worked around oh. we found another bedding area up above like where we actually would get water every day and that's probably where that the, the other herd came from well that's where they were going but when we walked around up there that was right above that other trail right from the thursday two days before that when we when i was up above adam and i heard that bugle we looked at all that our tracks and everything and that's exactly like where he had bugled from so i'm sure it was that same bull or another bull that was using that same area but i doubt it was it was probably that bull because he was like he's the dominant bull for that area so we just kind of worked our way back and then we just called our way back to camp and stuff got up the next morning and we went straight up there and we were like all right we're going to get up there and see if they come in, you know, come back in and, you know, use that bedding area. But we set up and called and there's nothing. So we, that's when we, we worked our way back down and then we went right into this bedding area and found, I mean, some monster rubs. And it was like textbook, north facing slope, just lush green. He had nice steep slope over here and deadfall to his back. Like we had to make this giant loop all the way around to get some sort of well to keep the wind right right for us at the time of the day that we were doing it. And it was just it wasn't as nasty as a lot of the stuff that we'd been through, but it was on a really steep slope. So there was no there there was no like easy about it every step was like super calculated and then once we got down there like right right to the edge before it like tipped over the cliff or went down onto that bench it was just like elk highway that's yep. where they were that's the way that they were using it and uh so we got down in there we set up did some calling did some bugling and then john like he turns around and he's like we're in daddy's bedroom and we, we walked like right up there and it was probably like a eight inch tree or yeah. so that was just shredded big old bed right below it. And it was like, this is where, it, I mean, and on the, on Onyx with the, with the tracks, it was like less than a hundred yards from where we, where John was finally set up when we did our cow calls. So 
we got down, you know, within 300 yards. And when we bugled, I mean, if we just kept on creeping down in there the way that we did, you know, it probably would have went quite a bit differently if we would have cow called versus. But that's that's inexperience. I mean, like we definitely learned because we didn't blow them out of there. And we knew there of those two peaks in that saddle, they were going to be on one of them. So I think that that's why we bugled right. versus setting up and cow calling. But, you know, whatever. It was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> yep. And sorry we didn't get it on film <laughs> like we talked about. But I did some filming and on a couple whitetails and – it was it's pretty much useless footage <laughs> well you posted one little part on the yeah we need to um you know we we should have had a, like a third third guy and you didn't play with that camera very much beforehand to see Mm-mm. like what what needed to be but it's also like when we were chasing him in the heat of the moment it was like there was no way i could try to film and do the calling and you know and then there was no way you were going to do filming and yeah, and try to shoot them. And so, you know, hats off to the born and raised guys. Trevor Fisher, you know, he's forever calling and filming, and he's got two cameras and the whole thing. Like, my goodness, and that's just amazing the way that those well, guys both do. Both Trevor and Trent. Yeah, but yeah. I, I guess I feel like I always see, you know, Trevor is always calling and talking to the camera and doing the whole thing. Yeah, and you know, but all of them really, but. But like I said, when I think about that, like when I think about like how freaking difficult it must be, I just see Trevor doing the, you know. Yeah. I wish I could trek along with those guys on a hunt. <laughs> so if you guys are listening, invite me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, I mean, so I, I guess that's the whole, that's basically the whole thing. Like I, I, I stalked in on a little white tail. I had him at 40. Had him at 30. I could have shot him. John could have shot him. I but was like, it was just, it, so there, there was a whole bunch of factors. I was like, well, if I can stalk into him on at 25, I'll feel a lot better about it. Because it was downhill, and there was like sticks across, like his, there was like literally like an X across his vitals. Yeah, but that and, one was, it was only like four foot in front of him, and it was. It was like total archery challenge. Yeah, no, like, and, and, I, if, I think I might even said that on the camera. I'm I'm up above. When we we're walking back, this is this is on the last day. Last day. After we got up, we got done. You know, uh, messing with Big Daddy's bedroom, uh, and I did leave a one of my diaphragm calls up there for him. So, and uh, so we're walking back, and all of a sudden I'm like, I caught. I'm like, it's like. I think there's a white tail laying down there underneath that tree. And so I ranged him and he was 54 yards. He had to have been further than that because it just, I mean, I know, I know, I don't doubt like that, but it just seemed so much further than that. Like, even as I was going, like when I got down there further. Well, I mean, my range finder, I mean, it was, it's angle compensated, but, you know, I hold it right on him. I have it set for, Mm -hmm. you know, multiple targets or whatever so if you hold it and you just keep ranging i had the crosshairs right on i did it like four or five times so every time it said 54 yards from where i was standing and 
Yeah, there was a couple little branches. It would have been a pretty awesome shot. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, just get up there. If you you could have you could have cleared it ten yards in front of me. But so Adam ended up. He snuck his way down to like thirty eight yards, and this was going down that nasty shit, and then it's sticks and dried weeds, and so it was it was pretty windy, so it was. It was a perfect yeah, it was, setup it was for the good, stalk. Good for stock. And I it was it was awesome. I mean, it was a great like learning experience because I mean I could see him right there and then I just wait till he moved and then I'd just take a step. Right. It, but that was the hard part is some of my steps were like like had to be like three feet over here. And so I'd be like mid step, like trying to balance, and then he'd turn and look at me and I'm like Right, but what ultimately happened is I, I took a step and then I started sliding and I had to take another step real quick and then he just took off. But yeah, I was like, you know, if I can get to twenty five or if I can clear those two sticks. But what was even worse, and John couldn't really see it, as I went down further, like some of that other deadfall started to come up, and so that I don't know if you saw me circling around to the outside because yeah. I was trying to get around that stuff. And I was thinking, this is just like the Total Archery Challenge. This is a bedded deer, you know, with shit in the way. And then I was thinking, oh, do we are, how far are we going to chase him? And how, I mean, how far were we from the truck at that point? Well, it was a good, what, six miles? Yeah. And so I was like, well, if you That was just a little and... white tail. Come on. Last day. <laughs> but that You could have a... put an arrow in him and. But it wasn't. So that deer that you're just like, meh. They shot in Ohio that, you know, yeah. it's a great buck for Michigan. It's a good buck. I'd love to have it on my wall. But that deer wasn't that big. Yeah, but it was last day. I understand. I get last it. day, fill your tag. What did I tell you? What did I tell you were, <laughs> were the criteria for shooting one that far back? I yeah, said I that, wouldn't do it to you. Yeah, but not on the last day. Come on. I mean, if it would have been in the middle of the week, I would have been pissed. But like, yeah, we're not wasting our time on that. But on the last day walking out, and it was still early enough, I'm like, I would have shot. I, I was trying to get your attention, like, just move over. I'm going to fling an arrow at this. <laughs> but that was, you know, I was just like, in the with the new regulations for Michigan, we had to bone the whole thing out. Ah, we would have got her done. We didn't leave till the next day till 1 o'clock anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, hindsight being 20-20. That was cool. I mean, like I said, it was a. It was a neat experience, and if I'd have got in there, I'd have shot him, and I'd have been perfectly happy with with it. But I would have known that I would have made a good shot. So yeah. Frank, <laughs> what's Frank? Just getting there. No, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I guarantee you, Frank's never been out in any sort of territory <laughs> like that. He might change his tune a little bit, but um, but okay. So for you, you you went out there never having done any hiking, backpacking, anything. So we did over 100 miles in eight days. And it was pretty tough terrain. I mean, I'd say the majority of it was pretty, uh, almost like redundant on the same road and same. Right. You know, so, but you got to know, you know, how bad that was going to suck. And then it was making the decision to go further down or further up or or whatever. So, I mean, what, what was your whole takeaway from the whole thing i mean i personally i would say critiques on your thing like 
maybe put your extra food in the truck. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was just a, I guess, brain fart or miscommunication on my part. I was just thinking. I, don't know. I think it was just a. I think it was just a way out. I think it was just like, well, we'll just go back. <laughs> Maybe we'll, well just I thought that was, I mean, our original, like when I asked you, like you had four days, I was like, oh, all right, throw four days in. I mean, it was only a half hour back to the cabin, yeah. but it was actually good because then we got to talk to him and he's like, that was like where he killed his first bull. So that gave us, that gave me anyway more confidence going back in there and like, okay, you know, cause I had looked, that's why I wanted to go back there. I'd looked at that stuff. I'd looked at all that on the, on the Onyx. I'm like, man, that saddle, those two peaks and, and the, the, the two little bulls kind of screwed us up really. Cause we ended up getting distracted with them and we didn't follow through with our original well, plan original to go plan. back there. Cause we would have found the wallow like two or three days before that. And we wouldn't have wasted our whole day Friday dicking around with that other spot that was, you know, basically, you know, whitetail. So I guess that's the thing. I mean, if you're going to make a plan, try to stick with it no matter what happens. And then don't be afraid to just, I mean, get out there and explore the shit. Just, I mean, like I said, the weather... It was hot. I mean. Well, we didn't get any rain. We didn't get, I mean, we got maybe 20 minutes of very little drizzle. Like when we were in our tent the one morning. Oh, yeah. Just barely. But, but so, I mean, so your expectations going out there for the hiking and all all of that. And then then the elk hunting on top of that. I... I don't know, I had mixed emotion. I I mean, I felt like I did pretty good. I mean, but it definitely wasn't, I, know, I guess, it was an eye-opener getting out there and actually putting boots on the ground. You know, you can look at the maps all you want till you get out there and experience it. You know, the deadfalls and like, oh, I'm just going to walk over there. Like, yeah, in a day you might. <laughs> I mean, unless you got some really good trails that are cut and cleared, but that's not even game trails or something like that. I mean, th- that was by far, you know, th- the biggest thing. Like once we found a game trail and we were able to kind of like work that, like even when we went down there into that really nasty stuff down below, right. it was like, but I think, you know, for me it was like the, the whole thing basically hinged upon all that deadfall because without that it would have been infinitely more pleasurable of an experience (laughs) like it it was because i don't know i mean i feel like we did a pretty good job of getting ourselves ready as far as training and all that stuff best as we could here but i think like so so for for walter you know i was telling john this you know you're planning a trip out west either next year or the year after, one thing, like, it's like, just find the biggest brush pile that you have, put all your weight in your pack, and just run up and down over that, like, a hundred times, because we, it's, we were talking about it, you know, we did the dunes, we went through the trails, 
And at one point, John looked over the side where it was just nasty and all the stuff had fallen over. It was just no one had been down there in years. And he's like, watch, it's going to be like that or we're going to shoot elk like down there. And like that was more akin to the kind of like terrain that we were in than right. any of the, the, the up and down is like one of those things where it's almost like if you can see the top of it, it's like, well, you just have to get over that. But like that second day when you can turn 360 degrees and you can't see the end of the deadfall where there is no end in sight, like that is far more demoralizing than any sort of climb (laughs) because there's always an end to the climb, but the the deadfall, it just doesn't stop. Yeah. Some spots are just, when you look at Onyx or Google Earth and you see all those matchsticks, yeah, stay away from that. Take note. <laughs> but, yeah, I think overall, the, the trip met all of the expectations that I had. I think it, um, I, I think it exceeded it. Because after, you know, the first four, first three days were, were rough for us. I mean, it was hot. We, you know, did all that hiking. No sounds, no sight sightings you know we seen sign but was like all right well are we doing something wrong what you know but then after hearing it out you know seeing the out almost that opportunity you know that was you know and then two hours after that we had another you know encounter and that was like oh man it's working but then saturday when when we were on that big bull and that was just like, that was a pinnacle moment for me. It was just like, we can do this. We just have to, we have to get to the spot. We have to find the elk. Like we're saying, like you got to find them in that hundred acres or whatever they're where they're at. And we should have, like I said, stuck with a plan and we would have got on it. So that's my, what I took away from it. Well, I mean, so so th- think of it this way, and, th- and that's why I said like it, it met my expectations because I didn't have any like sort of – I didn't think we were going to go out there and not see an elk. You know what I mean? Because that would be – because people ask me like, so do you think you're going to see one? It's like why would you put so much time and effort – like uh, whether you kill one or not, like that's – Right. That's the part of hunting. But like people would ask me like, well, do you think you're going to see one? Like why in the world – would I drive halfway or more than halfway across the freaking country to go to a spot where I didn't think that I was going to see an elk? So, so the fact that we are able to do that in not a very dense population of elk, right? So imagine if we were to go where our next trip, like we say, okay, we're going to go to a place where there's going to be a dense elk population you know maybe there's going to be more hunters maybe it's you know you have to have maybe colorado where it's got to be four on one side or branch bull or or whatever so you might call in all these little dorky bulls and it'll be i mean the experience that we had was a hard hunt i mean so (laughs) absolutely (laughs) so so that we were able to to do it you know uh, you know we got a little bit of you know pointers here and there i mean while we were out there but 
to be never having done it before, never having even gone with someone who's done it. Right. Um, I, I think it was, I think it was good. That's why I'm much more excited because of what we learned and be able to like take that information from this point and to go, but I really be excited to go with someone who's done it before, you know? And I mean, I guess technically now we've elk hunted before, so we, I would pick someone maybe with a little bit of more experience than we'd have, but, right. <laughs> but, well, another thing is, I guess after Saturday, that kind of plays into like Corey Jacobs, his Corey Jacobson's uh, hunting technique is find the elk that's willing to play, you know? So like the days where we walked and walked and, you know, we didn't hear, hear an elk, but then we did the same, same spot where if we would have had, and it's definitely doable in that area where we were at, we could have got back to the truck, drove another five miles, went up to a different drainage and found the elk that was willing to talk because we we finally when we got back there and found him he was ready to play and so he was a killable elk where the other ones you know we wasted our time especially in the first first spot but i think i think part of that too is our lack of confidence and so mm-hmm. i think that last that last experience was definitely a confidence booster like exactly what you said like we can do this so so to go out there one more time and say all right well we're just going to take this and go here 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 and we'll figure it out but on that same note is you know you it was it was one of the questions that i posed to trent and it's been one of the questions you know that i keep kind of like going over and over in my head like you know did we not exhaust all of our resources on the first spot? Did we give it enough time? Did we go where we should have went? But I mean, you know, when you put, when you're going through all that deadfall and you're at six or seven miles already and you're like, how, how much further away am I going to get? You know, how much, how much confidence do I have in like where I'm going? Right. You know, given the sign and, and that's like one of those those things. Like, are you trusting the the sign, the tracks, the whatever? And being, you know, coming from a, a whitetail mindset, you know, you're looking at this going, oh well, they gotta be coming through here. But you know, elk have a whole different time frame cycle, right? That that whole thing. So I think that that was one of the things to overcome. And that Friday when we were just sitting there, man, I was like so frustrated, like in my own head, because I was like, you know, wasting time. Well, but being static, like anything that we did, anything that was successful, anything was dynamic and it wasn't overly redundant. And so we had already been here. We'd already seen this. We'd already, it hadn't worked. So either they weren't here or something like that. And it was like very easy to get down. It was just like, Oh my God. I felt like even when nothing was happening and we were moving and exploring, it was at least like we were 
gaining knowledge. I wasn't moving backwards. Right. You weren't just um, sitting there waiting for something to happen. We were trying to make something happen. Right. And that's what I meant by being more aggressive, like, or going to different areas. Had we kept moving, we would have found the wallow. We would have found the, the real active spots. Mm-hmm. We would have been closer to their bedroom. We would have been in the kill zone. But you got to learn and you got to, that builds confidence that, you know, right. you have to build, have something to build upon. And so until something goes right, then you're doing everything wrong, whether you're doing it right or not. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's many styles, you know, there's guys that will just set up on a wallow. There's, there's guys that just hunt with a rifle and they'll just sit and watch and shoot as far as they can. And, you know, yeah, well that we were the, the train and the, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of like glass in or anything that we I could do. I think I only used my binoculars like two or three times. Well, and you know, given a different scenario, like there were a couple spots where we were sitting when we were up high where we could see across. So right. if you were if you were to have that, and you had more time in the area, so if you like, if we were out there in the spring and we saw a bunch of elk tracks and a bunch of elk sign on one of these things. On one of these hillsides or these slopes, because there was a really nice burn across from us in the one spot, you know, you could go up there and sit and right. glass that. And well, we could even sat that like one of the evenings and glassed it, and we might have caught them coming out of the other the other side of that. But it was the same drainage; it was the same river bottom, so it would have been probably the same out, most likely. But we also could have taken that trail where we originally parked that that's what actually ended up going back past that wallow and just walk that in but you know what's your range i mean are you going to pack out an elk from 12 miles back in on your back right right so unless you have horses or mules or which we could have possibly had access to but we weren't counting on that so, so real quick, we got to wrap this up here. It's right. been over two hours. Yeah. Um, we probably lost 90% of the people <laughs> that were going to listen. So, uh, what would you do differently next time? Next time, I would just, for one, I'd have more spots. Now that, now that we've learned what we have with boots on the ground, now I'll take that information and be able to put that onto my onyx and my google maps and get more locations set up where okay we're gonna spot a we're gonna go in we're gonna call we're gonna do some you know mobile scouting just see if the sign's there find the wallow you know like uh our buddy said well that used there was a really good wallow here and we checked those spots and they were not, they, yeah, that, like the one where we were looking for the water. That would have been a perfect spot. That used to be a wallow. It, it's not a wallow this year. You know, they, they're not, it's not an active spot. So, okay, get out of there. Keep on searching. Get back to that other spot. We found and finally found it. So do that. Say have five spots like that. And then, so the first day we go through there, get through the whole thing. We're calling, we're not hearing anything, but then we find the spot. Okay. Well, this is active. He's just, he's not here right now. So on the next day, check their spot and maybe circle back to that on, you know, 
day three or day four or whatever. My so what I'm saying is just have more spots and not beat the death out of one spot. So, like I said, that and uh, I definitely I'm gonna go with some different boots for my you know especially after you know walking 10 12 miles a day my legs definitely were fatigued so on the way back i was rolling my ankle on just little stones and shit so i'm going to try to build up my leg muscles especially my ankles what else i think that's about it everything else i've yeah, we'll get into our gear. Yeah, I think for me that's the main things. Like I'd just pack lighter. I would I mean I mean just be like bare bones and maybe do like a a little bit different, like mobile base camping. Like so we had talked about like uh it, even if we were to have set up our camp the way that we did on an area that we could hunt for a couple of couple of days and then have like a truck with a topper with like another set of like sleeping gear in it. So you go check these other spots and if it was hot or whatever, you get to stay there, you know, right. go back to the truck. Um, just be able to cover a little bit more ground, uh, a little bit more redundancy, like in that department, I think would be good. Um, aside from that, I mean, it was just all learning. So right. I need to work on the, the uh, my my linguistics as far as like what I'm saying to the elk and and right. how, um, but th- you know there was just so much to learn. You know I did all the stuff with the maps and try to figure out all that and try to figure out access and all that. So it was just like right. it's a balance of time. So uh, given the idea of okay we're going to do this again, well we already have this pretty good foundation now, and it's just tweaking it and and whatever so i mean i guess to to wrap this up i would say you know for anybody that's going to do something like this like you know the whole it only takes 15 seconds like don't get down on yourself etc etc you know we lived it (laughs) yeah and it was highs and lows and just you know you know we we never came to full draw you know but for the first year to have the kind of encounters that we did and in an area that's like I said, there's not very dense population. I mean, hell I was talking to Joe and he was, you know, the guys he was hunting with and they weren't very far from us. And they were like, yeah, never hunted there. Don't think I will like good luck to those guys. And, you know, so I, I think that that's, that's something, you know, so to, to not come home with an elk is only disappointing when i open the freezer like it's 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 not it's not like i uh, that would be the only reason like it's not like i said i was gonna shoot that cow you know the biggest elk i've seen you know outside of you know the magazines or whatever and i and i would have put that bull right with with one of them i mean that was you know uh i don't think think that it was like a world-class animal and i can't i couldn't score an elk if you put a 300 inch bull in front of me but i can tell you what it was really big (laughs) so um you know to have that sort of opportunity for for two guys that had never done it before and we 
were very, um, I say diligent in, you know, going to do this a certain way, let it kind of play out. However, and going in with the expectations that we did, um, I think it was great. So I, for anybody that's going out there, like, don't be discouraged, you know, like, yeah, it can happen in 15 seconds, but the six days it takes to get up to those 15 seconds are going to suck. <laughs> so embrace the suck. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's all. It was a, a great experience, a great trip. I wouldn't hesitate to do it again and I can't wait for the next time. And that's what they say. So every moment that you're out there that sucks, just remember that you're going to, in a week, you're going to be at home wishing, trying to figure out how you're going to get back out there again. When's the next time? Oh, trust me. I've been racking my brain on, I mean, literally I'm like, I'm ready to just pack my shit, put in my truck and just drive out there. I don't care if it's 30 hours and just, get back out there and just suck it up again. <laughs> and that's but, from John who had, you know, probably the, one of the toughest experiences of his life, you know, going out there. I mean, physically it wasn't, it was not a cakewalk. So no, it was definitely, it was hard work. I mean, I'm not in like terrible shape or anything. I, there's just a whole different ball game. Now I was telling Adam, and we're dragging this out even more, but I'm like, we get back to Michigan, whitetail, that's like freaking baby shit. I mean, <laughs> the stuff that we walk here, like, oh my God, I, I walked two miles. I ended up walking three miles yesterday and I ended up carrying my 40 pound tree stand. I was like, <laughs> yeah, this ain't so bad. <laughs> so, you know, thanks everybody for, for following along with us and, and, you know, if you made it this far, you know, I appreciate you caring that much to <laughs> to to kind of hear what, what we had going on. Uh, we'll get through uh, our gear here on uh, one of these ones coming up. But uh, awesome experience. And, uh, in, and for a lot of you that, that were following along, we're following along with you just as much. So, you know, congratulations to Pat on, on getting his bull finally. And, you know, there were some other, the, the you know, Tom and his wife getting all sorts of opportunities and just, you know, not being able to, to, to seal the deal. Lance, you know, you guys and, and, um, and Chad, it, it Bob, you know, there's just a, a ton of guys that, you know, we've been following along with, um, you know, just, just the same. So y you guys are right. It is going to be like an addiction. Can't, can't wait to, to get back out there. So, um, you know, thanks for, thanks for listening. And, uh, tune in next time to hear about uh, all the other things we got going on but uh, appreciate everybody that listens thanks see you see ya